In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, one God, Amen. Happy New Year. Um, I want to speak a little bit today about the beginnings. You know, we always speak about a new year being the beginning of something new. I think a lot of people have already went and started the beginning already. Um, when we're young, everything is new by nature. Everything is new. The first time you do something, it seems like you experience that all the time. Every, every day there's something new you haven't tried. And you have a lot of things to look forward to that are new experiences that you haven't tried before. And it seems like life is full of excitement, is full of the unknown, is full of things to look forward to. And there's a kind of a newness about life. But after some time, we begin to kind of feel like, well, we have experienced what is there to experience. We have already experienced the things that are in, the, in life, the things that have happened to us. You know, we've already gone through many, many milestones in life. And we begin to get this sensation or this feeling that things are not as new as they used to be. And we think actually things are getting kind of old. Um, and this is true not just like in the world, but also maybe in our spiritual life. Maybe we've gone through periods of time where we felt an excitement to pray, an excitement to fast, an excitement to come to church, to attend liturgy, an excitement to serve, and all these kinds of excitements that we are, you know, doing something maybe for the first time or we're at the beginning of some kind of journey and we're excited about it and we have a lot of kind of feeling that there is a, a large potential. There's a large potential for our life. There's a large potential for our relationship with God. There's, there's a lot to look forward to. But then again, at some point, maybe we feel like, well, we have done this already. We have fasted before. We have prayed before. It's not as exciting as it was at the beginning. And now I don't feel that things are new, but I feel like things are again kind of old. Things are, are not, they don't have that, that new flavor that they had um, at the beginning. Um, but the Lord tells us actually that in Him, everything is new. Everything is new regularly. Everything is new all the time. In Isaiah 43, it says, Do not remember the former things, nor consider the things of old. Behold, I will do a new thing. Now it shall spring forth. The idea that the, the newness that we experience in our life is not because of some new experience that we haven't yet seen, some new experience we haven't experienced yet, something that we haven't attained yet, some possession that we haven't attained yet, or some position we haven't attained yet. Maybe this is what we, or in the world, they look to, to see newness. This is the newness I want. I want a new job. I want a new family. I want, I, want, I want new experiences. I want new possessions. I want more money. I want something new, right? But the kind of newness that God is offering to us is a different kind of newness. It is an internal renewal. It is an internal renewal that, is, that doesn't depend on what happens around me, but happens inside of me. God is not satisfied with us to remain the same. He's not satisfied for us to, to, to just stay where we are or to look at our life and to say, where you are is just fine. Just keep doing what you're doing. Just stay where you are. He wants us to change. He wants us to be transformed, and he wants us to renew, re renew ourselves. And the very beginning, actually, the very first step of renewal that we take in our lives is in baptism. In Romans 6, it says, Therefore we were buried with him through baptism into death, that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. The newness comes through an internal change that happens to us. Again, after a person is baptized, they're the same person, and they look the same, and they talk the same, and everything about them seems the same, right? 
but there is a newness, there is a change that has taken place inside of them, which is kind of the beginning, the open door for a brand new kind of life, for all kinds of new experiences with God. Also, the renewal is not a one-time renewal. It is not only in baptism that this renewal begins to happen, but it is a daily renewal. In 2 Corinthians 4, it says, Therefore we do not lose heart, even though our outward man is perishing, yet the inward man is being renewed day by day. Anyone who has had that first experience, to look at yourself, maybe to look at yourself in the mirror and to say, my outward man is perishing. Like the, f the first time that you kind of experience, my outward man is perishing. Again, maybe someone who is young has not yet experienced that feeling of the outward man is perishing. Actually, what they experience is their body is still growing and they're still having all these new experiences. They're strong and healthy and have the, the world ahead of them. But once you reach an age where you really look at yourself and you say, no, my outward man is perishing. That there is that this, this life that I'm living and this body that I have is not going to last forever. And it's not going to stay even as it currently is. It's changing as well, but it's changing in the wrong direction. It's changing in the downward direction. And the idea that it is perishing, that it is getting more feeble, that it is getting weaker, that the things that I could do five years ago, maybe I, I can't do today. And that's not to say that that should be a source of sadness for us. Why? Because the inward man is being renewed. The inward man is the man, is, is, the, is, the, is the spirit that lives eternally. That is what's being renewed. And if, if my inward man is being renewed, then truly I am being renewed every day. In the first hour of the Agbeya, we pray and we ask God saying, preserve us and bring us to a good start. How is it that we can say, preserve us and bring us to a good start? Haven't we started already? Like, how is it that we are praying this? Does it even make sense to ask God, bring us to a good start? Well, we've already started. We've started maybe a long time ago. It's because each day is a new start. And when St. Anthony speaks about the spiritual struggle, he says, every day in the morning, I ask God to give me the new start for today. I ask God to give me what I need for my spiritual life for today. Yesterday doesn't matter. Whether yesterday was great and I, I reached spiritual heights, or whether yesterday was miserable and I fell in all kinds of sin, whatever it is that happened yesterday, today is a new day. Today is a day where there is renewal. Today is a day where the inward man continues to be renewed. So what are some of the ways that we've seen people begin again, start, start anew? For instance, Noah, after he um, left the ark, he got off the ark, it says in Genesis 8, then Noah built an altar to the Lord and he took of every clean animal and of every clean bird and offered burnt offerings on the altar. This is the first thing that he did after the earth was flooded for so long and after everything that was alive on the earth completely died. Everything died. All the animals that were not in the ark died. All the people died. The only people and the only things that remained alive on the earth um, were on the ark. And they came out and the first thing that Noah did is he built an altar and he made an offering of thanksgiving to God for his deliverance. Thankfulness. Saying that God you have saved me and you did not allow me to perish like everything else in the world. He began a new life on earth by making this sacrifice. He made a, a commitment to follow, a God, to follow God. He made a commitment to submit to God. He made a commitment to continue walking in this life that is now new, right? He, it, is, it is a new life. 
he wants to start that out by thanksgiving. St. Paul also, he made a change. He had, a, he, he, he had an experience of renewal. He was a persecutor of Christians as a Pharisee. And then on the road as he was walking, he was converted by hearing the Lord speak to him. And the Lord said about St. Paul, he said, He is a chosen vessel of mine to bear my name before Gentiles, kings, and the children of Israel, for I will show him how many things he must suffer for my name's sake. This was actually a renewal. This was the beginning of a new life for St. Paul, the conversion experience that he had on the road. And now, what is it that God is saying about his life? His new life, what is it going to look like? It's going to be a life of service, which involves a lot of suffering. And I will show him how much he must suffer for my name's sake. But the, the life of St. Paul glorified God. But it was a new life. He left behind the old life that he had, where he lived a certain way, where he thought a certain way. And he adopted a brand new life. And then he continued in that life year after year after year until his martyrdom. Again, it's easy sometimes for us to begin, but it's much harder to end. It's easy for us to, to, to make some kind of resolution or to make some kind of commitment or to say that we are going to do a certain thing or live a certain way, but it's much harder for us to continue and persevere to that, to the end. This is what the newness is about, that God renews us every day that God strengthens us every day, that God approaches us and allows us to approach him every day. Zacchaeus also made a decision to begin a new life. He repented. It says in Luke 19 that Zacchaeus stood and said to the Lord, Lord, look, I give half of my goods to the poor. And if I have taken anything from anyone by false accusation, I restore fourfold. And Jesus said to him, today salvation has come to this house because he also is a son of Abraham. For the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which is lost. Zacchaeus made a decision. He said, I no longer want to live the old way that I was living, but I want to live a new way. I want to live in a righteous way. I want to live with God. I don't want to live for money. I don't want to live for greed. I don't want to be a thief. I don't want to make all of my money in an unrighteous way. I want to live with God. And that means that I have to sacrifice something. I have to give up something. And this is something that maybe a lot of us think about for the new year as we think about what are the, th the things that I did in my life this past year? What are the addictions that I have? What are the things that are kind of harmful to me that I voluntarily go to in my life? How can I cut these things out so that I can be renewed, so that I can be changed? This is we see in Zacchaeus, in the life of Zacchaeus. This became a beginning of a new life following Christ. So even though Again, going back to what I was saying at the beginning, even though maybe we have been Christians for a long time and we have been Orthodox and we have been in the church for a long time, we should not allow this to allow us to stagnate us. We should not say, you know what, everything is the same. The liturgy is the same. The Agbeya is the same. The sermons are the same. The service is the same. Everything is the same. And this kind of makes us feel old, spiritually old. The, the idea we are not excited about anything that we, do not, we don't see any newness in it. Because again, the newness happens inside. You know, King Solomon in Ecclesiastes, he said, there is nothing new under the sun. There is nothing new under the sun. If we are continually looking for newness outside of ourselves, we will become very quickly disappointed. King Solomon is a perfect example of someone who tried everything, who did everything, trying to find the newness, trying to find the fulfillment that he sought after in life, and he found nothing. He did not find it in any of the riches he had or any of the power he had or the fame or anything. He found it in only in God himself. So the idea that beginning a new life, beginning a new year, 
It's about our focus on God and what we choose to do. Another example of someone who experienced a new life was the prodigal son. You know, we know the prodigal son, he made a poor choice. He took the inheritance from his father um, and he left his father and he lived very foolishly, very wastefully, very sinfully. And yet when he came to himself, it says, but when he came to himself, he said, how many of my father's hired servants have bread enough to spare and I perish with hunger? And in this, he began again a new life brand new life he left behind this life of sin and actually this whole experience that he had away from his father made him to appreciate all the things that he had always had that maybe he took for granted that maybe he felt entitled to he returned actually to his father greater than he left right he, it's not that he he came back and he was the same as before or as though nothing had happened actually he came back far far better than he was when he left because he realized that he should appreciate what it is that he had and so he started a new life. It was in newness. So even though he had started, he can pray like we said in the Agbeya, Lord, preserve us and bring us to a good start. Right? What is my good start? What is the start that God is calling me for? What is the thing that God is saying to me? There is something that's hindering you. I want you to reach spiritual heights. I want you to be more joyful in your life. I want you to feel contented, protected, safe. I want you to feel convicted of righteousness. I want you to feel that you have purpose. I want you to look only to heaven and not be distracted by the earth. What are the things that are keeping me from that? What are the things that maybe instead, as God is calling me to that life, I am kind of distracted over here on the side, looking at something else that my, catches my eye, that makes me want to focus on that instead of focusing on God. God wants the newness. He wants us to have new life every day. Another example is the people of Ephesus, after St. Paul preached to them. After he, they heard his preaching, it says about them in Acts 19, and many who had believed came confessing and telling their deeds. Also many of those who had practiced magic brought their books together and burned them in the sight of all. Again, they experienced a new beginning. They heard the word of God in a way that convicted them, that touched their heart. And they came telling their deeds, they confessed their sins. How many of us walk with kind of sins that maybe we have never confessed? Or even if we have confessed, we haven't felt forgiven by them because, because of them. Even though we confess them, we still carry them with us as though it is our fault, it is our regret, it is our pain that we carry with us day after day after day. And maybe these things are what are pre preventing us from growing, from, from enjoying our life, from enjoying being with God, from feeling the, the joy of our salvation that God is actually saving me because I feel every time that all of these promises are given, I say, no, well, this is for someone else. This is not for me. Look at what is it that I have done. Look how is it that I have lived. And so I don't experience the newness of life. I don't experience the new beginning because I am, am you know, I have some kind of self-loathing or I, I, I think that the things that I have committed in the past cannot be forgiven. Again, here these people who practice sorcery, they came and they confessed and they believed in the message of salvation. The last people I want to mention are the Israelites who rebuilt the city of Jerusalem after they were in exile because of their sins. You know, the, the people of Israel in the kingdom of Judah, they, they, they sinned against God for generations, not, not just for a short amount of time, generations, and they worshiped idols. And ultimately God carried out what he said he would do which is that he would um, allow them to be exiled. 
and, 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 and captured by their enemies. And they went and they lived there in that exile for 70 years. And yet after those 70 years were up, they did not say about themselves, we have no hope left. There is nothing we should even try to do. There is no hope for us because our civilization is destroyed. The temple is destroyed. The walls of Jerusalem are destroyed. Our culture is destroyed. There is nothing for me that we can do. We might as well just stay in Babylon. Might as well just continue living there. There's no point in trying to rebuild. There's no point in going back. But we know there were people. There were many people. Nehemiah is maybe one of the most prominent ones. When it says, now all the people gathered together as one man in the open square that was in front of the water gate, and they told Ezra the scribe to bring the book of the law of Moses when the Lord had commanded, which the Lord had commanded Israel. They said, not only are we going to go back, and not only are we going to rebuild the wall and rebuild the temple and, and start again, but we're going to read the word of God, the book of the law, and we're going to follow it. We're going to obey it. We're going to make a change that maybe before, for us, the book of the law was something trivial, something that we really didn't pay attention to. It wasn't really, I didn't care what the commandments of God were. I lived my life as I saw fit, as I thought was the best for me, as what brought me the most joy, the most pleasure, um, and I didn't care what God said. But here now, these people are coming back from exile, and they say, open the book of the law. We want to read it. We want to be changed by it. We want to conform our life to it. In 1 Peter chapter 1, it says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to his abundant mercy has begotten us again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. This is the resurrection of Jesus Christ that brings new life and abundant mercy to all of us. And this is the beautiful thing about the church and about our faith, is that we come and every day it is new. We come and we don't have to bring with us the baggage of yesterday. And if only we come and confess our sins to God, he forgives and he allows us to grow and to change. So really a message for all of us and for this coming year is let's not be spiritually old. Let's not be stagnant in our spiritual life, but use this as an opportunity to experience the newness of God every day. That even though we have experienced the things in the world, that we are not satisfied with these things. And we are not expecting that these things are what's gonna bring us fulfillment in our life, but instead, as the Lord said, when you pray, go to the inner room, right? The inner room, this is where we find enjoyment. This is where we find renewal, in the inner room. Not the things that we are doing with people, but the things that we are doing alone. The things that I do by myself in my inner room, the experience that I have with God, this is what is a source of renewal for me. That, that my life becomes about this. This is my focus. And everything else that I do is based on this fundamental relationship with God that I have. So it's up to us to make use of the gift of salvation that he gave us. And the gift of salvation is not just, I'm going to heaven. That, that's, not, that's not just what salvation is about. Salvation is a continual renewal every day for me to be like Christ. Because that's what's happening in heaven. In heaven we are becoming like Christ. In heaven we are partaking of the divine nature. Our goal should not just be, I want to go to heaven. The goal is, I want to be united with Christ that I want to be one with him, that I want to be renewed by him, and he becomes the source of my joy. So at this new year, we should remember all the ways that we should be renewed and look at the, all the examples of people in the scripture who were renewed in their life and how much that even though they were with God in some cases, but yet they experienced and they saw God in a new way. Maybe a great example of this is, is the prophet Job, 
The prophet Job, who by the very end of his experience, he said, now my eye sees you. I experience you now in a new way. I see you now with my eyes in a deeper way than ever before. So may God grant us always the spirit of renewal and to not be feeling that we are spiritually stagnant or that we are away from God or that we've forgotten about him or that we do all the things that we're supposed to do, but we do it completely out of routine and obligation without desiring to be close to God and glory be to God forever. Amen.